Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks, welcome to the new podcast. So today I want to talk about people and dogs in public and a little bit of dogs and dogs in public. I see so many times that people, when they have dogs in public, their expectations are higher, but they don't necessarily teach their dogs how to deal with it. And that's a real issue that we need to make sure that we do talk about because if you take your dog out in public and you have all these high expectations of your dog, but you've never taught them the behavior, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be very angry. And in turn, the byproduct of that is that you're probably going to cause your dog some anxiety and nervousness around people and being in public. And then it just goes downhill from there. So how can we deal with this and help dogs learn the appropriate behavior when going out in public? First, you need to have some good control of your dog at home. Your dog needs to be able to respond to commands, respond quickly to commands, and understand kind of his role in the family. Um, once he gets that, then you can start taking that out on the road, but you want to start out that road being your front yard, your backyard, your neighbor's yard, your cul-de-sac, the park just down the street, maybe just the neighbors down the street who have dogs in the backyard, Anywhere that may seem a little more distracting than at home. And then your job is to make sure that everything that you did at home with your dog, every expectation that you had, every way of asking for behavior, you do the same in that area. You don't change the way you ask for a sit. You don't change your body position. You don't start touching the dog to try to get their attention. You know, your dog is not going to respond as quickly when you first do this. 
but it's how you handle that that makes all the difference. If you change and you change the way that you're asking for behavior or you're changing your body position, then your dog is going to see that this is a different environment and that maybe the rules are a little different. So you have to stay the same first and foremost. Get used to being confident in what you're asking from your dog. Get used to being patient and waiting for your dog to offer the behavior that you are asking for. So don't just, you know, freak out when you go to new areas and your dog is not responding the way it normally does at home. You know, I tell people that being a trainer is very easy when your dog is doing everything correctly and doing everything right. The real question is, how good of a trainer are you? How good of a leader are you when things do not go your way? When dogs are not responding the way they need to respond? When they humble you very quickly uh, in front of other people? How do you handle that? That's That will show what your skill is and really what type of leader you are. Because if you fall apart, when the environment falls apart, then you're not really a good leader. So that is one thing. You just have to really learn to just deal with what comes your way. Be consistent, be patient. Now, uh, when you do take your dog out to new areas, you're gonna wanna reward your dog highly. You're gonna wanna make sure that your dog has some yummy rewards, that it's really worth it for him to pay attention to you. Because here's the thing. If you use your dog's favorite treat, uh, let's say a piece of cheese. You use this piece of cheese at home quite a bit. Anytime your dog does something that you're really wanting or, or just maybe even periodically, you're asking your dog to do something and the dog is earning cheese. And you think your dog will do anything for cheese. He could be in a nap, he could be sleeping, and you could easily just start to open that wrapper and here he comes running because cheese is his favorite. Well, the cheese is really good and he really enjoys it at home. But here's the thing, when you go outside of the home, that cheese now has to compete with things that the dog is smelling, the things the dog is hearing, the things the dog is seeing. So you have to ask, is the cheese really that highly valued that all the things out in the environment is going to be less rewarding than the cheese? More than likely, 99% chance that that cheese is no longer going to be powerful because the cheese is now competing with so many other rewards. So what you have to do is you have to find a reward that can compete with those rewards out in the environment. And that may be that you have to step it up with some lamb lung or some duck jerky treats or rabbit treats. Uh, and I say rabbit treats, it's actually the rabbit protein treats. And there are a lot of different variety of treats out there. And when you go looking for treats for your dog, my recommendation is that you find treats that are highly um, high protein, but also are very limited ingredient and easy to break up. You want different textures, but you want to stay away from treats that are mostly hard and crumbly. Those are typically more just flavored by protein. So you'll see a lot of bacon flavored treats that are really just nothing but grain. And those just are not gonna compete with much of anything. So you really wanna find treats that are very, very flavorful 
highly palatable, limited ingredients, and high protein. And you're going to want to have a variety of these. Don't just take one or two. You're going to want to take a combination of four or five different types of treats. Get yourself a little treat bag. And these need to be uh, easy to break up because you want to use just enough to taste. You don't want to go overboard when you're giving treats. And your dog will let you know how well they compare to the rewards in the environment. If you give your dog a treat and they eat it and then they just go back doing whatever they're doing, then that treat was probably just okay. If you give your dog a treat and as they eat it, they then turn and look back at you like, wow, how do I get another one of those? Then you know that treat is being very competitive with the environment. So you may have to play around with this a little bit. And when you find one that competes where, well with the environment in public or just outside of the home, you're going to want to save those treats for when things are very difficult. In other words, you don't want to use that for a nice sit in the living room at home with no distractions because it will lose its power. So remember, when you're taking your dog out in public or just taking your dog outside of the home, you need to have rewards that's very competitive with the rewards out in new environments, such as smells, other dogs, people, sounds, sights, and you've, you've got to be ready to compete with that. Now, once you're out in public and your dog is doing well and you're rewarding the behavior, um, you need to continually make it a little bit more challenging for your dog to earn the reward. So if I have that lamb lung and my dog is doing well sitting and responding to commands in the front of my house, after we do that and the dog is pretty reliable, I'm no longer going to give lamb lung for that behavior. I'll hold that lamb lung off until I get maybe four houses down and getting the same responses. So when I go four houses down, that's a new environment. That's a little more challenging. So I'm going to bring that lamb lung out to make it worthwhile for my dog to pay attention. Now, if I'm still giving him lamb lung in front of my house where it's not challenging anymore, then again, that's, that lamb lung is going to lose its power. So you want to make sure that you just get uh, creative with your rewards. Find out what your dog likes and use it to your advantage. And then make sure that you are not being too stingy with it, but you're also not just giving away the goods with behavior that's very easy for your dog. Okay, so the other thing that I recommend is making sure that you always give your dog permission to go potty, go greet a dog, or go greet another person. So many times I see people as they're walking their dog, the dog just wants to stop and sniff and pull them over you know, maybe to a bush. And in the dog's mind, the dog is smelling something really good. I'm going to move over this way. So I'm going to see if I can get there. And as I go, the owner's coming with me. So, how, okay, this must work. So this is what I'm going to do to get that. In the human's mind, they're thinking, oh, well, he probably has to pee. So I need to go let him pee. Well, here's the problem. He may have to pee. But if you allow him to pull you over somewhere to go pee, then you've taught him that when he wants something, all he has to do is pull and you will follow. So that means that there's no difference when he sees another dog, a cat, a rabbit, a squirrel, a person. He says, hey, I want that. And pulling has gotten me things before, so I'm going to try this again. And then because we don't want them going after the rabbit, now we get mad because the dog starts to pull. 
When in fact, we're the problem, we're the reason the dog is pulling because we've allowed it to work. So take a second and think about when was the last time you acknowledged your dog's pulling behavior by allowing him to have whatever it is that he was going for. Now this may be something as simple as a water bowl. So think about it. How many times have you done that? Now think about how irritated you get when your dog pulls on leash to get something. Whose fault is it? If you've allowed the pulling to work for anything, if you're standing there talking to your neighbor and your dog is pulling over to sniff a leaf and you move that one or two steps in that direction so he can, guess what? You've taught him to pull on leash. So you need to make sure that you're aware of what you are doing in public and not allowing the dog to just go do what it wants. Now, I'm all about allowing a dog to enjoy a walk. We teach our walking um, that, that it's a relaxed walk. We teach that the dog should be able to sniff and, you know, pee and do those things without pulling your arm by keeping up with you and not tripping you up. And, and that's what makes a very nice walk. But you have to do your part and you have to make sure that you don't allow the dog to pull and earn a reward without permission. So if I know I have a dog who really needs to go potty, I'll get to a place where I think that that's where they're going to want to go and I will give them permission to go potty. At that point, once I've given permission, they are allowed to pull me around the area, a limited area, to find a spot to potty. They're still not allowed to jerk my arm out of the socket, but they need to do their business, and they only have about a minute or two to get this thing going. If after about a minute goes by and they've not found a spot, we move on because I'm not going to spend five minutes of them sniffing this area and then them deciding to potty. If I've given you permission to potty, do your business and let's move on to the next spot. So it's giving the dog permission, and, and we just use a very simple go potty, and you know you, you can use whatever it is that you want to use, but just be consistent in explaining to the dog that this is what I need you to do right now. Now, if we're out in public and we see people or dogs, again, we want to make sure that we're giving them permission to say hello. And I use a greet command that says, you may say hi to the dog, you may say hi to the person, but I always want to make sure I give the dog permission while he's giving me a behavior that I don't mind seeing um, repeated. And it can be as something as simple as just four on the floor. And with the puppy, we give permission at a greater distance because we know that the closer the person comes, the more excited the puppy's going to get. So what we want to do is give her permission fairly early on when she's being more controlled so that she learns that, okay, when I'm controlled or I'm just standing still or whatever the case may be, that's when I get permission to say hello. And so then once she understands that that's what she has to do, then we'll decrease our distance to that person or that dog, requiring her to do the same behavior before giving permission. You know, we're not going from five yards where you get permission of, you know, of good behavior and then saying now you have to wait and get within one yard before you get permission. No, we may start at five yards. I'm going to give you permission to run and say hi. Once you understand what I want, then we're going to try to get to four yards before you get permission and slowly decrease to eventually we can walk right up to a person. She's giving the right behavior and then she gets permission. Now, that's only part of the problem. 
Now we have to worry about dealing with people in public. And this is where you have to really step up and you have to protect your dog. So, so many people in public think that when a dog is in public, it's okay to just reach out and pet, reach out and touch. You know, if we're laying down, uh, the dog is laying down somewhere and somebody walks by, they just want to walk right by and just bend down and pet the dog and move on. And really, that's very rude. And, and it's inappropriate for people, for strangers to come up to a dog in public and just pet them without asking permission. And so... It's really important that, number one, you're teaching your dog not to solicit behavior from people by giving them the Greek command so that they're not looking at that person like, hey, please pet me, please pet me, please pet me. So that's the first step. Um, Then the next thing you need to make sure you do is that when people are coming and, and talking to you about your dog, before they have an opportunity to reach out and pet the dog, you need to create space or you need to at least communicate to them that your dog is in training. I teach our students to tell the dog, or excuse me, to tell the people that, hey, he's in training. And a lot of times, if you just see it in their face as they're approaching, they have this look. Um, When, you know, oh, what a pretty dog. Thank you. He's in training. Oh, okay. Well, can I, you know, is it okay if I pet him? Absolutely. And then you can give your dog permission. If you're in an environment to where you're kind of hanging out and you really don't want your dog being petted by people, Try to place him in between um, yourself and another person that he's there with or um, against maybe a fencing area if you're, say, sitting on a patio. Uh, instead of just putting him out to where the people are walking by and can just reach down and touch him without you paying attention. You need to put him off to the side, maybe put him under the table, something of that nature. And at the same time, reward your dog for not soliciting attention from other people and you may want to come up with some type of command to tell your dog to basically get up and move out of the area immediately to help um, stop people from petting your dog so for example we like to teach a touch command which means that when I ask you to touch you want to come from anywhere touch my hand with your nose and it will be rewarded 100% of the time And I only use it in situations where I immediately need you to get out of an area. I use this because you can reward it 100% of the time. So it gets through to your dog's brain. Uh, Unlike something like calm or leave it to where that's not rewarded all the time. The touch can get through your dog's brain. Even if your dog is nervous or a little excited, they're going to hear that a little bit better than anything else. And what it does, it removes the dog from an environment that could not, uh, that couldn't be a great environment. That maybe it's some kids coming up or maybe a man in a hat that your dog's nervous about and you just don't feel comfortable. So the touch is giving your dog um, the command to move away from that immediately and come over here. And so you're controlling the situation by controlling your dog because we know we can't always control the people. And unfortunately, people just think it's okay if they're dog people to just go by and touch other dogs, and it's not appropriate. So you need to make sure that you control your dog and you put your dog in a situation and an environment to where he can learn how to behave. And a lot of times if a dog doesn't solicit behavior and they don't make those eye contacts with the humans, then the humans will just kind of keep walking and move on. It's when your dog is constantly thinking that every person is going to say hi 
then that is more than likely you're going to have strangers reaching out and touching your dog without permission. So it, again, it all starts with your dog. No, we cannot control the people, but you can control your dog. And so the touch command is a great command to use. You know, basically the way you want to teach that is take a treat, put it in your hand. You can put it in a fist. Um, you'll hold the fist. I instruct my students to hold your fist at your chest like you're putting your hand over your heart your hand is closed with a treat you will then say the word touch you will then extend your arm out to the side maybe it's a foot or so from your dog's nose your dog should naturally move to your hand to smell the treat when the nose when you feel the nose touch the hand no matter how light you immediately, good boy or good girl, and then you open your hand and you can give them the treat. You'll repeat that four or five times, and then you'll do it with no treat in hand. So you'll basically just make a fist, put your hand over your heart, you'll say touch, extend your arm out to the side, your dog's nose will go to the hand as soon as you feel it touch, good boy or good girl, then you will reach and grab a treat out of your treat bag and give the dog a treat. And it shouldn't take you long to get your dog to understand that touch means to touch my hand with your nose. There's going to be a point when you're practicing this that your dog is not going to touch your hand because the dog wants to see if touching the hand really has anything to do with the reward that he's getting. So when this happens, you give the dog the command of touch, you extend your hand, and your dog just looks at it, count to five, and if your dog does not touch it, move your hand back up to your chest, give the dog a few seconds, and repeat the process. Your dog should touch at that point. If he doesn't, you can try it one more time. Um, you'll only want to practice this one to two minutes at a time. Don't spend 20 minutes practicing this. Uh, maybe a minute or two, and do it several times a day, and then just randomly, once your dog starts to get it, Randomly start asking your dog to do it in the house, then randomly start asking your dog to do it out in public. Not, don't wait until you need it to practice it, but once your dog is consistent with it, then you should be able to save it for those situations where you need to get him away from someone uh, and get him away from an environment that may be uncomfortable for him. So, you know, basically to sum everything up, you need to make sure that you stay consistent in the in your expectations and how you behave when you take your dog out in public and that consistency is the same way that you act at home you need to make sure that you set your dog up for success that you teach him the skills that you want him to understand when you're out in public don't think that just because he does it so well at home that he's going to do it in public you've got to practice this and you have to teach it be sure that when you are out and about that you're not just allowing your dog to pull you to see things that he wants whether that be a water bowl, a place to potty, or even his sibling. Or maybe, you know, your, your human partner is walking down the road and your dog wants to go see them. Well, you still have to give him permission for that. You also want to make sure you have yummy rewards to ensure that you have rewards that compete with your environment because there are a lot of rewards out there. And teach your dog a touch command to get them out of situations that may be a little uncomfortable. 
And be sure that people are not petting your dog without permission. If they come up and they ask, be sure that you're giving your dog permission. Create that space and that distance so they can't just reach out and pet. Uh, and make sure that you're giving your dog permission to say hi to them. And when they are being petted on by other people, be sure that you're still rewarding your dog for good behavior. Which means that I'm still telling my dog what a good girl she's being. And I'm even giving some treats. Because I'm going to appreciate the fact that she's not jumping, she's not mouthing. That she's allowing the petting and and giving good behavior. So I'm still telling her, you're getting rewarded by this stranger. But I am still the number one rewarder. I will always have the goods. And so that makes me more important than just strangers. So if you don't reward your dog very much, and a lot of the rewarding that they get in public is by strangers, then guess where they're going to go? To the strangers. So don't think your dog is just going to pay attention because they respect and love you and because you drove them there. You've got to up your game, Um, especially when the dog is learning and they're young. You've got to up your game and make it worthwhile. And really let your dog know that that you have all the goods and that you have the world and that you will give them the world, but that there are expectations and that there are things that they need to do for you, especially when you ask. Control the immediate environment. Don't let people just come up and pet your dog. If your dog is jumping, you need to interrupt that behavior if you're not allowing jumping because you can't trust the people to stop even if you ask them to not pet while jumping. So you got to be prepared. Make sure that you're not correcting or punishing your dog out in public around people and other dogs as you can create a negativity um, with that environment, especially if you're doing it in a harsh way and that you've not clearly set the expectations for your dog. Don't turn into a different person because you may be getting embarrassed because your dog is being bad because then your dog is going to learn not to trust you when the environment changes. And therefore, your dog is not going to enjoy being out in public with you. And you're not going to enjoy being with him. And that just creates a, a some tension to where your dog stays home. And you don't get to take him out and enjoy, um, you know, the different environments and the craft fairs and the dog parks and the dog fairs and things that happen. So make sure that you just control the environment and know that there are some days that your dog is not going to want to be out in public and that's okay there are some days that you know I don't want to be out in a crowd but make sure that you are setting those expectations that you're staying consistent that you read your dog's body language and understand if they're comfortable or if they're stressed take some high rewards set your dog's expectations teach your dog the behavior that you want don't get frustrated at your dog if you've not taught him the behavior that he needs to exhibit in these environments so Uh, And know that your dog cannot read your mind when it's okay to pull and when it's not okay to pull. So be consistent. Don't be distracted. You know, it's so much fun to take your dog in public and take them to places and know that they can behave. And it's such a different relationship that you can have with your dog than only having a relationship at home. So I encourage you to get out and practice this. It's really worth it. Does it take some work? Absolutely. Is it hard? Yes, there are times it can be really hard. But man, it is so worth it. Being able to take a dog somewhere and know that you can have control, know that they can enjoy the environment, and know that other people can enjoy your dog as much as you do because you've set your dog up for success. And if you need any help with this and you're local, reach out. We'll be happy to help you. We really talk about this a lot in our group class because that is something that you're going to deal with on a regular basis. And we want you to enjoy your dog as much as possible and as much as we enjoy 
our dogs uh, and knowing that we can take them places and do things. So get out and practice, get some help, get some local help from a positive trainer and, you know, or or join a group class. We have some online stuff. You can check out our website at dogspeak101.com to see what we have coming up. And of course, we offer some private lessons in the home as well as our group classes. We would love to help you out because we want to see you enjoy your dog. We want to see your, your dog enjoy life. And you know what? Your dog can bring joy to others. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and at the same time, you can help other people see that they too can train their dog and enjoy their dog and, and make their dog's life just a little bit better. And, and when you get comfortable and you're confident in that, then you can start to communicate this to other people and and we can really start helping these dogs to have a better life and not just be stuck at home and in the backyard or you know only have company over uh, when people come over you know they don't get to see anybody else and so those times they have to go to the vet or go to the groomer you know it's it's a disaster so get out and practice and work with your dog and don't do it on the day you want to take him to the craft fair you need to practice before all of that happens All right, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, We'll be launching a mini podcast this week on kids and dogs and dealing with kids in public and and how scary that can be. So watch for that coming around Thursday or Friday of this week. And we hope you guys have a great week and hope you had a wonderful Independence Day. And we hope to maybe hear from you, you know, give us, uh, shoot us an email, put some comments, uh, rate us on whatever platform you listen to podcast let other people know about us we want to reach as many people as we possibly can and if you can share this with your dog friends with your you know your facebook pages we would really appreciate it uh, because the more we can reach uh, the better we can make dogs and the more dog speak geeks we can make so love you all dog speak geeks and we will see you next week